chapter fifty two of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter fifty two great march of intellect now i come to larger actions and the rise of great events and the movements of mankind enough to make their mother earth tremble and take them for suicides and even grudge her bosom for their naked burial often had i longed for war not from love of slaughter but because it is so good for us it calls out the strength of a man from his heart into the swing of his legs and arms and fills him with his duty to the land that is his mother and scatters far away small things and shows beyond dispute god's wisdom when he made us male and female the fair sex after long peace always want to take the lead of us having rash faith in their quicker vigour of words and temper but they prove their goodness always coming down to their work at once when the blood flows and the bones are split into small splinters and a man dies bravely in their arms through doing his duty to them but though war is good no doubt till men shall be too good for it there was not one man as yet in great britain who would have gone of his own accord into the grand and endless war at this time impending master roger burkrolls told me that throughout all history every in and out of which he knew while pretending otherwise never had been known such war and destruction of god's men as might now be looked for he said that it was no question now of nation against nation such as may be fought out and done with after rapid victory neither a piece of mere covetousness for a small advance of dominion nor even a contest of dynasties which might prove the tougher one but that it was universal clash half of mankind embittered to a deadly pitch with the other half and that now no peace could be till one side was crushed under these things were beyond my grasp of widest comprehension neither could i desire a war begun about nothing anyhow if the frenchmen insulted our flag or wanted back some of their islands or kept us from examining their customs when imported no true briton could hesitate to keep his priming ready but at present they were only plucking up courage to affront us being engrossed with their own looseness and broad spread of idiocy for they even went the length of declaring all men to be equal the whole world common property and the very names of the months all wrong after this it was natural and one might say the only sensible thing they ever did to deny the existence of their maker for it could hardly be argued that the almighty ever did lay hand to such a lot of scoundrels now if these rats of the bilge hole had chosen to cock their tails in their dirt and devour one another pleasure alone need have been the feeling of the human race looking down at them but the worst of it was that real men and women far above them took up their filthy tricks and antics and their little buck jumps and allowed their judgment so to be taken with grimaces even as a man who mocks a fit may fall into it that in every country there were sympathizers with the great and glorious march of intellect in devonshire i had heard none of all this for none of the servants ever set eyes or desired to do so on public journals 
they had heard of these but believed them to be very dangerous and wicked things also devoid of interest for what was the good of knowing things which anybody else might know and even if they had taken trouble ever to hear of the great outbreak they would have replied until it led to recruiting in their own parish thisy be no concern to we but in our enlightened neighbourhood things were very different there had long been down among us ever so many large-minded fellows anxious to advance mankind by great jumps towards perfection and in this they showed their wisdom being all young bachelors to strive to catch the golden age before they got rheumatics however to men whose life has been touched with the proper grey and brown of earth all these bright ideas seemed a baseless dance of rainbows man's perfection was the thing we had not found in this world and being by divine wisdom weaned from human pride concerning it we could be well content to wait our inevitable opportunity for seeking it in the other world we had found this world wag slowly sometimes better and sometimes worse pretty much according to the way in which it treated us neither had we yet perceived in the generation newly breached any grand advance but rather very poor backsliding from what we were at their time of life we all like a strong fellow when we see him and we all like a very bright child who leaps through our misty sense of childhood to either of these an average chap knocks under when quite sure of it and yet in our parish there was but one of the one sort and one of the other bardie of course of the new generation and old davy of the elder it vexes me to tell the truth so but how can i help it unless i spoil my story ever so many people got a meeting in the chapel up to sign a paper and to say that nobody could guess the mischief done by all except themselves they scouted the french revolution as the direct work of the devil and in the very next sentence vowed it the work of the seventh angel to shatter the church of england they came with this rubbish for me to sign and i signed it and some of them also with my well-attested toe and heel after such a demonstration any man of candid mind falls back on himself to judge if he may have been too forcible but i could not see my way to any cross-road of repentance and when i found what good i had done i wished that i had kicked harder by doing so i might have quenched a pestilential doctrine as every orthodox person told me when they heard how the fellows ran but as my bad luck always conquers i had but a pair of worn-out pumps on and the only toe which a man can trust through his own defects of discipline happened to be in hospital now and short of spring and flavour nevertheless some good was done for parson lower not only praised me but in his generous manner provided a new pair of shoes for me to kick harder if again so visited and the news of these prevented them but even the way these fellows had to rub themselves was not enough to stop the spreading of low opinions for the strength of my manifestation was impressive rather than permanent also all the lower lot of nonconformists and schismatics ran with their tongues out 
like mad dogs all over the country raving snapping at every good gentleman's heels and yelping that the seventh vial was open and the seventh seal broken to argue with a gale of wind would show more sense than to try discussion with such a set of ninnies and when i asked them to reconcile their admiration of atheism with their religious fervour one of them answered bravely that he would rather worship the goddess of reason than the god of the church of england however the followers of john wesley and all the respectable methodists scouted these ribbles as much as we did and even hezekiah had the sense to find himself going too far with them and to repair the seventh seal and clap it on hepzibah's mouth for how could he sell a clock if time was declared by the trumpet to be no more amid this universal turmoil uproar and upheaving i received a letter from captain bampfylde very short and without a word of thanks for what i had done for him but saying that he was just appointed to the bellona seventy four carrying six carronades on the poop that she was fitting now at chatham and in two months time would be at spithead where he was to man her he believed that the greater part of the fine ship's company of the thetis would be only too glad to sail under him and he was enabled to offer me the master's berth if i saw fit he said that he knew my efficiency but would not have ventured to take this step but for what i had told him about my thorough acquirement of navigation under the care of a learned man after saying that if i reported myself at narnton court by the end of october he would have me cared for and sent on he concluded with these stirring words there is a great war near at hand our country will want every man young or old who can fight a gun these last words fixed my resolve i had not been very well treated perhaps at any rate my abilities had not been recognized too highly lest they should have to be paid for with a little handsomeness but a man of large mind allows for this feeling that the world of course would gladly have him at half price but when it came to talking of the proper style to fight a gun how could i give way to any small considerations fuzzy and ike were stealing rock at this particular period in a new catch called the devil wholly in honour of parson chowne and through these worthy fellows and bang now the most trustworthy of all i sent a letter to narnton court accepting the mastership of his majesty's ship of the line bellona now everybody in earnest began to call me captain llewellyn not at my own instigation but in spite of all done to the contrary the master of a ship must be the captain they argued obstinately and my well-known modesty had the blame of all that i urged against it but i need not say any more about it because the war has gone on so long and so many seamen have now been gilled that the nation has been stirred up to learn almost a little about us while i was dwelling on all these subjects who should appear but miss delushy newly delivered from candleston court on her round of high education and to my amazement who but lieutenant bluett delivered her i had not even heard that he was come home so much does a man when he rises in life fail in proper wakefulness but now he leaped down from the forecastle and with a grave and most excellent courtesy and his bright uniform very rich and noble and his face outdoing it forth he led this little lady who was clad in simple grey 
she descended quite as if it was the proper thing to do and then she turned and kissed the tips of her fingers to him gracefully and she was not yet eleven years old how can we be amazed at any revolutions after this bardie i cried with some indignation as if she were growing beyond my control and she stood on the spring of her toes exactly as she had done when two years old and offered her bright lips for a kiss to prove that she was not arrogant none but a surly bear could refuse her still my feelings were deeply hurt that other people should take advantage of my being from home so much to wean the affections of this darling from her own old davy and perhaps to set up a claim for her burke rolls knew what my rights were and finding him such a quiet man i gave it to him thoroughly well before i went to bed that night i let him know that his staying there depended wholly upon myself not only as his landlord but as holding such a position now in newton and nottage and miles around that the lifting of my finger would leave him without a scholar or a crust also i wished him to know that he must not as a wretched landsman take any liberties with me because i had allowed him gratis to impart to me the vagueness of what he called mathematics in the question of navigation of that queer science i made out some but the rest went from me through the clearness of my brain which let things pass through it otherwise i would have paid him gladly if he had earned it but he said or i may myself have said to suggest some sense to him that my brain was now too full of experience for experiments and of all the knowledge put into me by this good man carefully and i may say laboriously i could not call to mind a letter figure stroke or even sign when i led the british fleet into action at the battle of the nile nevertheless it may all have been there steadily underlying all coming through great moments like a quiet perspiration but if i could not take much learning here was some one else who could and there could be no finer sight for lovers of education than to watch old mr burkrolls and his pupil entering into the very pith of everything i could not perceive any cause for excitement in a dull matter of this sort nevertheless they seemed to manage to get stirred up about it for when they came to any depth of mystery for fathoming it was beautiful to behold the long white hair and the short brown curls dancing together over it that good old roger was so clever in every style of teaching that he often feigned not to know a thing of the simplest order to him so that his pupil might work it out and have a bit of triumph over him he knew that nothing put such speed into little folk and their steps be they of mind or body as to run a race with grown-up people whether nurse or tutor but in spite of all these brilliant beams of knowledge now shed over her our poor bardie was held fast in an awkward cleft of conscience i may not have fully contrived to show that this little creature was as quick of conscience as myself almost although of course in a smaller way and without proper sense of proportions but there was enough of it left to make her sigh very heavily lest she might have gone too far in one way or the other her meaning had been from her earliest years to marry or be married she had promised me through my grey whiskers often with two years to teach her her own mind never as long as she lived to accept any one but old davy we had settled it ever so many times while she sat upon my shoulder and she smacked me every now and then to prove that she meant matrimony 
now when i called to her mind all this she said that i was an old stupid and she meant to do just what she liked though admitting that everybody wanted her and after a little thought she told me crossing her legs in the true old style and laying down her lashes that her uncertainty lay between master roger and mr bluett she had promised them both she did believe without proper time to think of it and could she marry them both because the one was so young and the other so old i laid before her that the proper middle age of matrimony could not be attained in this way though in the present upside down of the world it might come to be thought of and then she ran away and danced exactly as she used to do and came back with her merry laugh to argue the point again with me before i set off for narnton court on my way to join the bellona lieutenant bluett engaged my boat and my services both with oar and net for a day's whole pleasure off shore and on i asked how many he meant to take for the craft was a very light one but he answered as many as ever he chose for he hoped that two officers of the royal navy knew better than to swamp a boat in a dead calm such as this was my self-respect derived such comfort from his outspoken and gallant way of calling me a brother officer as well as from the most delicate air of ignorance which he displayed when i took up a two-guinea piece which happened to have come through my roof at this moment perhaps or at any rate somehow to be lying in an old tobacco-box on my table that i declared my boat and self at his command entirely we had a very pleasant party and not so many as to endanger us if the ladies showed good sense colonel lower and lady bluett also the lieutenant of course and a young lady staying at candleston court and doing her utmost to entrap the youthful sailor her name has quite escaped me also delushy and myself these were all or would have been all if master rodney had not chanced as we marched away from my cottage with two men carrying hampers to espy in the corner of the old well a face so sad and eyes so black that they pierced his happy and genial heart i'll give it to you you sly minx i cried for an impudent brazen trick like this what orders did i give you miss a master of the ship of the line and not master of his own grandchild the young lieutenant laughed so that the rushes on the sand-hills shook for he saw in a moment all the meaning of this most outrageous trick bunny forgetting her grade in life had been crying ever since she awoke at receiving no invitation to this great festivity she had even shown ill-will and jealousy towards bardie and a want of proper submission to her inevitable rank in the world i perceived that these vile emotions grew entirely from the demagogic spirit of the period which must be taken in hand at once wherefore i boxed her ears with vigour and locked her into an empty cupboard there to wait for our return with a junk of bread and a cheese rind however she made her way out as her father had done with the prison of dunkirk and here she was in spite of all manners good faith and discipline let her come she deserves to come she shall come master rodney cried and as all the others said the same i was forced to give in to it and upon the whole i was proud perhaps of our bunny's resolution neither did it turn out ill but rather a good luck for us because the young lady who wooed the lieutenant proved her entire unfitness for a maritime alliance by wanting before we had long been afloat although the sea was as smooth as a duck-pond some one to attend upon her 
every one knows what the tuscar rock is and the caves under southern down neither am i at all of a nature to dwell upon eating and drinking and though all these were of lofty order and i made a fire of wreck wood just to broil some collops of a suin who came from the water into it through a revival of my old skill and to do a few oysters in their shells with their gravy sputtering to let us know when they were done and to call for a bit of butter no small considerations or most grateful memories of flavour could have whispered to me twice thus to try my mouth with waterings over such a cookery but i have two reasons for enlarging on this happy day and these two would be four at once if any one contradicted them my chief reason is that poor dear bardie first obtained a pure knowledge of her desolate state upon that occasion at least so far as we can guess what works inside the little chips of skulls that we call babyish everybody had spoiled her so being taken with her lovingness and real newness of going on and power to look into things together with such a turn for play as never can be satiated in a world like ours not to mention heaps of things which you must see to understand let me not overdo it now in saying that this little dear had taken such good education through my liberal management as to long to know a little more about herself if possible this is a very legitimate wish and deserving of more encouragement than most of us care to give to it because so many of us are not the waifs and strays and salvage only but the dead shipwrecks of ourselves content with the bottom of the great deep only if no shallow fellows shall come diving down for us having the joy of sun and sea and the gratitude for a most lovely dinner such as none could take from me i happened to lie on my oars and think while all my passengers roved on the rock they were astray upon bladderweed popweed dullusk or weed ribbons frills kelp rack or five tails anything you like to call them without falling over them my orders were to stand off and on till the gentry had amused themselves only i must look alive for the tuscar rock would be two fathoms under water in about four hours at a mile and a half from the nearest land the sunset wanted not so much as a glance of sea to answer it but lay hovering quietly and fading beneath the dark brows of the cliffs which do sometimes glorify and sometimes so discourage it the meaning of the weather and the arrangement of the sky and sea was not to make a show for once but to let the sunset gently glide into the twilight and the twilight take its time for melting into starlight this i never thus have watched except in our old island there was not a wave to be seen or felt only the glassy heave of the tide lifted my boat every now and then or lapped among the wrinkles of the rocks and spread their fringes not a sound was in the air and on the water nothing except the little tinkling softness of the drops that feathered off from my suspended oar-blades floating round a corner thus i came upon a sight as gently sad as sky and sea were a little maid was leaning on a shelf of stone with her hair dishevelled as the kelp it mingled with her plain brown hat was cast aside and her clasped hands hid her face while her slender feet hung down and scarcely cared to paddle in the water that embraced them now and then a quiet sob in harmony with the evening tide showed that the storm of grief was over but the calm of deep sorrow abiding what is the matter my pretty dear i asked after landing and coaxing her tell old davy 
captain david will see the whole of it put to rights it cannot be put to yites she answered being even now unable to pronounce the r aright although it was rather a lisp than any clear sound that supplied its place it never can be put to yites when the other children had fathers and mothers god left me outside of them and the young lady says that i must not aspire ever to marry a gentleman i am only fit for watkin or tommy toms or nobody oh dio why did i never have a father or a mother my dear you had plenty of both i replied but they were shipwrecked and so were you only before the storm came on you were put into this boat somehow nobody living can tell how and the boat came safe though the ship was wrecked this boat she cried spreading out her hands to touch it upon either side for by this time i had shipped her was it this boat saved me yes you beauty of the world now tell me what that wicked girl had the impudence to say to you this i need not here set down enough that it flowed from jealousy jealousy of the lowest order caused by the way in which lieutenant rodney played with bardie this of course interfered with the lady's chances of spreading nets for him so that soon she lost her temper fell upon delushy and upbraided her for being no more than an utterly unknown castaway End of chapter fifty two